It is Friday, October 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 8 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared. I know what went what went wrong for you in the week seven shark duel. It was Tyler failing to show up, which made FanDuel turn it into a free contest. But your lineup, it did at least still kick mine squarely in the butt, even though you had the wrong Seattle wideout. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, beating you is worth more than five dollars, so that's that's just fine with me. Um, yeah, I was I was high on Kyler Murray last week, and a lot of people were, but that paid off. Um, T.J. Hawkinson finally kind of came through for me, and then the Football team defense, you know, had, had a big week. They, they were chalky, but they, they came through for everyone who used them. Yeah, that certainly wound up being a good play. Tyler, how did your lineups fare elsewhere? FanDuel, I swapped as well. I had Russell Wilson, I had Tyler Lockett, I had the Washington football team, and then I just played the round values with Kamara, Gio, and Jamal Williams, who none of them had a huge game, but they all got there. They all got value. A couple late touchdowns with Gio and Jamal, but it was a good week over on FanDuel as well. My big mistake was that my Justin Herbert would made me trust Mike Williams too much. I, I mentioned him along with Deontay Johnson on the shows last week, but then I went and played Mike Williams and was like, I don't feel safe about Deontay Johnson. And in hindsight, Johnson's the guy that's a much safer target bet. We've seen that every time he's been healthy this year. So, and I mean, it's, it's small samples and I, I guess we're still developing on that front with not that many healthy games with Johnson and Ben Roethlisberger, but Mike Williams is still that, up and down guy and he's he has that kind of profile we know that he could have he's gonna have boom and bust weeks so I should have played Deontay Johnson in spots where I played Mike Williams more often than I did I'll at least take that uh going forward we will all be back at it for week eight assuming that Tyler feels like it we will show you who we're playing against each other in round eight of the shark duel come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on draftsharks.com for now though Jared why don't you kick us off with a cash QB yeah, so uh, Jimmy Garoppolo pops as the best dollars per point value at quarterback on FanDuel for us. He's only 6600 bucks. I, I just don't know if you need those savings, though, on FanDuel. So I'm probably going to use Ryan Tannehill as my cash game quarterback on FanDuel. He's just 7500 bucks, so he's a nice value. Um, I just think I feel safer about him. I think he has more upside even than Garoppolo. Um, Tannehill scored 26-plus FanDuel points in three of his last five games, and he, he's – shown this year that he's going to, you know, capitalize and come through in these plus matchups. Um, he threw for 239 yards and four touchdowns against Jacksonville, 366 yards and four touchdowns against the Texans. And, you know, he has another similar matchup here against Cincinnati. Yeah, I have the same two guys down. I agree with not needing those savings most likely. I will say that Garoppolo is the play if you want to get like Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara into the same lineup, though. Um, you can make that happen. Tyler, what do you like for cash QB? Something tells me to play Lamar Jackson in cash. <laughs> I know the matchup isn't good. He has low projected ownership. I'd be one of the only guys with Lamar in cash. But I just think that he was easily the highest priced guy like all of last season. And through just a couple games this season, his price has quickly decreased. 
And right before the Ravens by, he showed us he still had that rushing upside with over 100 yards on the ground. Uh, the only other – my problem with playing him is that Russell Wilson's only $400 more. So, for me, it's definitely going to be one of those two guys. If if I don't need the $400, um, it's just going to depend on the salary. But I think those are my two favorite cash game guys, Russell Wilson and Lamar, this week. I think you need to make up for letting Jared talk you out of some guys earlier this season by playing Lamar Jackson, no matter what we say about him this week. I was going to say, if you, if you want me to talk you out of him, I, I probably – I could try at least. <laughs> yeah, and then just in regards to Tannehill, I think I prefer – a couple other guys in that price range a little bit better. Uh, mainly Justin Herbert and then Josh Allen's way underpriced at 8200 as well, assuming that Stefan Gilmore doesn't play this week. Give me Ryan Tannehill over Justin Herbert and uh, Josh Allen. And I'm, uh, I'm as big a fan of Justin Herbert as anybody, but Tannehill's been awesome and the matchup's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer Tannehill um, and Cash. I do have Josh Allen here as my tournament play, though. I, mean, I think he, he's going to be alone. Tyler talks about all the time about he's lower owned than he should be. Now he's coming off you know a few disappointing games and I think people still think the Patriots defense is one to like run away from but football outsider says them 25th in in overall defensive DVOA they're 23rd against the pass 25th against the run so I think Allen could do damage through the air and on the ground this week and you know as Tyler alluded to there there's a chance Stephon Gilmore misses this game if that that's the case you know it's a big upgrade for one of the Bills receivers you know regardless of you know whether the Pats then use JC Jackson on Stephon Diggs, you know, then it'd be a nice spot for John Brown, possibly. I agree with the New England matchup not being scary. I would rather get my Josh Allen exposure by playing Stephon Diggs. On the GPP side for me, Ryan Tannehill is a key piece there as well because, mm-hmm. again, he's showed us the ceiling with three games of four total touchdowns so far. And then Joe Burrow at 7,600 has also showed us the ceiling. Did so just last week. It's another good matchup for him against the Tennessee defense this week, which isn't scary in any area. Um, I'm more interested in Burrow on the GPP side. Um, because there is also downside potential to him. So it's tough for me to make sense paying $100 more for Burrow when I can get Ryan Tannehill for $7,500. Um, but Burrow's third in the league in passing yards, probably as good a bet as anybody for 300 yards in a given game at this point. And he's got those receivers that you can choose from and, and make it build different lineups with. So that makes it a little bit easier to differentiate. Tyler, anything different for you, a quarterback on GPP? No, it's just going to depend on who I use in cash. If I use Lamar Jackson in cash, I'll probably use more Russell Wilson in GPP. And then same thing the other way. If I use Russell Wilson in cash, then I use more more Lamar Jackson in GPP. Josh Allen's only showing like two and a half projected ownership uh, fan share this week. So, I, again, I think he's an elite GPP play. Uh, the matchup is, is pretty – it was going to be a game I was going to avoid if Stefan Gilmore played because – the Bills were pr- pretty limited just with Stefan Diggs. And then if you had Gilmore on Diggs, I, I didn't see too much of a ceiling. But now with John Brown expected to come back and Stefan Gilmore probably not going to play because he didn't practice on Friday, I think Josh Allen's shaping up as a pretty good option this week. And then we talked about Justin Herbert. Uh, he's he's just been really good Got in there. He's showing a projected ownership of just 6.5%. Tannehill will probably be a little more popular. So I think Herbert's definitely in play in GPPs as well. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting, we talked about weather with other guys, but it's supposed to be wet and cold in Buffalo. So I don't know if that's going to be enough to impact the passing. We'll certainly keep an eye on it heading into Sunday. Tyler, in general, do you um, usually have a different favorite quarterback between your cash and tournament lineups you just mentioned? Or are there some weeks where your favorite guy on each side is the same? 
Yeah, it really depends on the week. Last week was a good example. I was just all over Russell Wilson in, in pretty much every format. So uh, I, I rostered him in cash on both sites, and then I had him. Well, I had Burrow and cash on DraftKings, but I was all over Russell Wilson. I, I had him in all my high-stakes stuff, and I think he finished as the third-highest-scoring quarterback on the slate, so he definitely paid off for me there. Um, but this week where it's so close between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, I'd look to space out that ownership a little bit more. And it's kind of a way of hedging your bet. If I use one of them in cash, then I'll use the other one a little bit more in GPP. Mm-hmm. Jared, over running back, what do you like for cash? I think the two you know, backup running backs that we played last week are still underpriced. Like, I don't even love Gio Bernard this week. Um, you know, Cincinnati's missing three of their starting offensive linemen. You know, they're underdogs here. But, I mean, Bernard can do it in the passing game. He, you know, he got nice usage last week. You know, played 76% of the snaps, got 13 carries and five targets. So for just 5,900 bucks, you know, he, he, he's still underpriced. So he's in play. And then Jamal Williams got priced up to 7,000 bucks. Um, but I still like him there. Jamal Williams last week got better usage than what we usually get from Aaron Jones. You know, he played 89% of Green Bay's offensive snaps and had 19 carries and five targets. I mean, Williams isn't as good of a player as Aaron Jones, but I mean, if we were getting that type of usage from Jones, you know, he'd be like 8,000 to 8,500. So I think, Williams, you know, as a home favorite against uh, like average Minnesota run defense is still a nice play at 7,000 bucks. Yeah, I think the difference there is that A.J. Dillon is not as good a player as Jamal Williams. So when Aaron Jones is out of the way, they even gave A.J. Dillon a carry early in that game. And then he finished with five of them. I mean, as somebody who has not liked A.J. Dillon at any point, I was glad to see him not factor into that plan at all. Uh, Tyler, what do you like for cash running back? Yeah, it's going to be the same two guys for me. I just think they're underpriced, and Jared uh, pretty much spelled that out pretty good. Uh, The third option is probably going to be Derrick Henry. He's the highest-priced guy on the Week 8 slate, but he's just in a smash spot going up against that Bengals defense. Uh, We talked about how the Bengals are missing three guys on the offensive line. So if the Bengals are quickly going three and out and Tennessee gets more play volume, we could easily see Derrick Henry get over 25 carries. Uh, he's found the end zone like seven times in his last three games. So he scores touchdowns and that's what we want on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, Miles Gaskin at 5,700, I think is also in play with GR Bernard. I mean, I, I, I like Miles Gaskin straight up over GR Bernard because they're basically the same. They're both going to get receiving stuff. We'll see how the Miami offense does with Tua in there, but the Rams defense is much better, has been much tougher against the pass than the run so far. And then Daryl Henderson is right near them at 6,100. The receiving matters a little bit less here than it did on DK. The matchup's good for him, a bad run defense, a good pass defense, and an offense that loves to run the ball. So uh, I think Daryl Henderson should get plenty of touches in this game. There's always the chance, I guess, that he's not the hot hand in a given game, but it seems like his hand has been hotter more often than it has been cold as it was in that game against the Giants that kind of left us, left a lot of our DFS lineups out in the cold earlier this season. Yeah, Henderson has 14-plus carries in three straight games now. He, he's my favorite tournament play here. I mentioned on DraftKings, too. He's a better value here on FanDuel, and he, he fits the format better, you know, without doing a ton of pass-catching work. So I like Darrell Henderson for tournaments, and I like Kareem Hunt for tournaments again. You know, he's 8200 bucks, so he's, he's definitely not a cash game lock at that price, but I think you definitely want some pieces of him in tournaments as, you know, basically getting all the running back work for Cleveland against a bad Raiders run defense. Tyler, what are you looking to do in GPPs at running back? 
a lot of the same guys we talked about in cash. It's it's funny to see Fanshare have uh, the projected ownership on Jamal Williams is at one percent right now. So obviously that's probably going to be closer to ten to fifteen percent. Um, Kareem Hunt's actually the highest project or the most highly projected owned guy sitting at thirty one percent. And then Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Josh Jacobs all project for over twenty percent. But I think they're all in play. They have good matchups. All of them, they're, they're the workhorse for their respective teams, and they could all find the end zone more than once. So, Gio Bernard, Jamal Williams, Kamara, Derek Henry, and uh, Chubb. And then Josh Jacobs, I think, is a little bit sneaky this week as well. He's the one that scares me up in that range because he really hasn't been very efficient or productive since week one. Uh, and with just so many other options in that range, he I think he's going to be the one that I fade. Not, not a full fade. I'm not saying he's a bad play, but – if I'm trying to decide among those guys, he's probably the first one out for me. Jonathan Taylor would be the last guy I'd consider. You know, he's in that Jacobs price range. Um, you know, he, he, his usage was improving, I think, before the bye week. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe the Colts, you know, give him another boost after the bye. And he, he gets a bad Lions run defense. There's really not a lot that I like at running back a whole lot this week. Like the guys that we talk about liking the most are down in that low salary range because they're not, you know, certain to get the touches and scoring opportunities that we want. So I wonder if maybe the differentiating play is trying to jam in like Derrick Henry and either Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook, depending on his status heading into Sunday, into the same lineup. And I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo is a $6,600 quarterback. You can do that. But you, you can set a lineup with Garoppolo, two $9,000 running backs, and still play the top three guys on our um, FanDuel dollars per point list at wide receiver in that same lineup and still have some flexibility left for tight end and flex. I was playing with that earlier just to see if it was an actual possibility, and you can do that this week on FanDuel. Yeah, Cook, Cook's got to be a great GPP play. I mean, I, I got to assume he's going to be like 2 to 5% owned. Um, coming off the injury and you know the, the Packers are not a good run defense so Cook could definitely have a big game if they can you know keep that close and keep feeding him it was a funny progression today because Tom Pelissero first tweeted yeah. out that Dalvin Cook was good to go and off the injury report and then just a little bit later he said actually check that Dalvin Cook is questionable so I don't know if Minnesota changed that or if that was something where Dalvin Cook yeah. had an issue coming out of practice we'll have to watch him through the weekend though yeah what I, what I saw is the Vikings tweeted originally like all the game statuses and cook wasn't on there and then they added after that oh cook's questionable he was a full go in friday's practice so unless something happened at the very very end i think he, he should be good to go that's good i hope then that he's just somebody they accidentally left off the initial list as opposed to he came away from practice and he was like uh oh, kind of hurts a little bit yeah all right over at wide receiver tyler what are you playing for cash I think the two most mispriced guys on the FanDuel slate are tyler lockett and Tyler Boyd. So Lockett, I think he, yeah, he's the second ranked guy in the Draft Sharks model, only behind Marquise Brown. He's coming off a 20 target game where he went for 15, 203. And for some reason, FanDuel didn't really adjust his price. So I'd assume he's going to be extremely chalky on FanDuel in both cash and GPPs. But I think at that price tag, he's impossible to avoid. And then Boyd at 6.4 thousand for the role he has in that offense. He has a pretty high floor and a high ceiling, and in my opinion, he should be a $7,000 player. So I'm looking at those two guys, and then I'll have to decide my third one, um, possibly Brandon Ayuk. Um, but he's not super cheap on FanDuel, so I'll have to 
have to dig into to the third guy there. Yeah, I agree with the Lockett take there. And Marquise Brown and Brandon Ayuk are both at 5,900. They're both number one wide receivers for their teams this week in matchups that favor them. We mentioned it on the, the DraftKings show, but Pittsburgh is among the league's worst defenses in deep coverage and in general has struggled against wide receivers. They're also a very good run defense. So maybe we get Baltimore's offense motivated to run a little bit less and pass a little bit more this week, and we get a higher target count than usual for Marquise Brown. The biggest thing for him, though, is that his, his price is down even further. At, at 59K, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm sorry, 5.9K for Marquise Brown's pretty good um, price considering the upside on him. Kendrick Bourne's down at 5,000 for the Niners, so we still have that question of Bourne or Ayuk, but I don't know that that 900 bucks between them is going to make as big a difference here as the 2300 between them is going to make for me over on DraftKings. Yeah, it'd be Ayuk for me on FanDuel here. I agree. I think Tyler Lockett is pretty easily the best value at wide receiver. Um, Hollywood Brown's tough. I mean, again, as Tyler said, he checks in as the top dollars per point value at wide receiver. He's you know not the prototypical cash game play, but you know, at that price tag, like, I, I think he's like $1,000 underpriced. Um, so I think you sort of take on the risk for the upside, even in cash games. And the last guy I'd mention is Keenan Allen, who I think at 7400 bucks is still too cheap for the type of volume he's been getting from Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think Marquise Brown might be another Mike Williams trap for me, but I think he's Mike Williams, but with a higher target floor. Yes, yep. On the GPP side, Tyler, what do you like at wide up? So we mentioned most of the wide receivers. Uh, I really like Stefan Diggs as a GPP play, assuming Stefan Gilbert is – I was all in on Stefan Diggs last week, and that burns me. He had his worst game of the season. So I'm probably going to go back to him. I did have Richard Higgins down as an option. He's sitting at 5500 Odell Beckham's out for the season. Jarvis Landry hasn't appeared to be healthy this season. I know he had the hip surgery in the offseason, and then he had a rib injury. He just doesn't seem like he's right, and I prefer Richard Higgins a little bit more than uh, Peoples-Jones or whatever the guy's name is. So. So it's going to be a little bit of Higgins sprinkle for me. Donovan Peoples-Jones sounds more like a movie about a court case than it does a wide receiver. Jared, what do you like for – um, You guys won't be talking trash about DPJ in about a month. I'll talk trash about him no matter how well he's producing. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I agree. Rashad, Rashad Higgins is definitely the better play. He's ahead of DPJ for now. Um, I like Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, he's much pricier on FanDuel here at 8,100 bucks. That'll probably make him lower on than he's going to be on DraftKings. But again, I think at least one of those Chiefs guys is going to go off in this spot. Maybe not all of them because the Jets probably won't keep up. But I think Hill's worth getting a piece of. Um, Justin Jefferson, 6,600 bucks. That's a nice price for him. And I think, you know, he's going to have a good matchup with uh, Jair Alexander shadowing Adam Thielen. Then Hollywood Brown, I mean, he, he's the guy I think he's, – he's the best tournament play. You know, whether you play him in cash, you know, that's debatable, but I think you definitely want some pieces of, of Brown in tournaments at that price. Yeah, I agree with all that. I, I will mention that I, I said Kendrick Brown on the other side – Kendrick Brown. Kendrick Bourne on the other side, 5000 bucks. If those $900 do matter or if you're building a tournament lineup and you just want the much lower-owned 49ers receiver because it looks like Brandon Ayuk is going to be well above 10% in ownership – Kendrick Bourne has been involved plenty of times for the Niners. They like him. He's just not a top two receiver when everybody's healthy for them. Uh, he scored five and four touchdowns the past two seasons, and all of those came from inside the 10-yard line. So they're not afraid to use Kendrick Bourne in the red zone for those very important targets um, in this format. And one more guy I want to throw in is T. Higgins at 6000 bucks, Higher ceiling option. 
still cheap. Last week was the first time since week two that he fell short of seven targets. He's had four plus catches in every game since week three. A nice bet for air yards and end zone targets. Did finally score again last week for the first time since that two touchdown game uh, against the Eagles. Nice way to get into that um, Tennessee Cincinnati game. A tight end, Tyler, what do you like for cash? I think I'm going to prioritize George Kittle on FanDuel. I just think he's he's going to have a monster game. He tends to have bigger games when the Niners are trailing. And we mentioned how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have more pass attempts this week. That should only help George Kittle. With Debo Samuel out, he's going to be the main target there. A lot of people are going to look to Brandon Ayuk. So I think I don't think George Kittle is going to be like low-owned, but he might come in a little bit under-owned just at high-owned uh, Ayuk is. And I think I'm going to use him in, in GPPs as well. Um, if I need the savings, I'd probably look towards Hunter Henry, but I think it's going to be a 10-catch, 100-yard, at least one touchdown game for George Kittle. So anytime you get that in cash, uh, it, it really helps you eliminate the competition. So I think I'm going to do yeah. that. I'll play, I'll play George Kittle if he's going to go for 10, 100, and a score. That's the floor. <laughs> yeah. That's the floor, yep. <laughs> Jared, what else you got? Yeah, I have Darren Waller for cash, and he he saves you like a thousand bucks off of Kelsey and Kittle, and he definitely doesn't have the upside of those guys, but I think his floor is comparable. Um, you know, Waller leads all tight ends with nine point three targets per game ahead of Kelsey and Kittle. Um, he has eleven plus Fanduel points in four of his six games, and he has a nice matchup here. The Browns are twenty ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. If I need to save over those guys, I'm certainly not against playing either of those players. But if I need to save in my build, I like Jimmy Graham as a starting point at 5,400 bucks. Sixth among tight ends and targets so far. Saints are allowing the third most points per game to the position. Allen Robinson is likely out. He's doubtful with a concussion. That's going to leave 10 targets per game available to other Bears. And there aren't that many other Bears to choose from. So Jimmy Graham could see even more targets this week than he has other weeks. I think Graham is in play here as well as on the GPP side. You know, when I was talking about putting the two 9K running backs in the lineup, I think Graham could be another key piece to making that happen. Uh, Jared, what do you like for a GPP tight end? Uh, John U. Smith for GPPs. You know, we talked about him a lot on the DraftKings podcast. He's not nearly as good of a value on FanDuel at 6100 bucks, But I think that makes him a better tournament play. He's probably going to be lower owned. On FanDuel, the Bengals have allowed six tight end touchdowns over just the last three weeks now. Smith is still tied for the tight end lead with five touchdowns. Um, and, and really, la- last week was the first time you know he his usage was disappointing. You know, he's seen uh, six and a half or sorry, six point two targets per game this season. So even if his like pass routes aren't always ideal, you know, Titans tend to get him the ball when he is out in a pass route. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Johnny Smith being a key option in there as well. He's got as much upside as anybody short of George Kittle who's going to have the Tyler Lockett game. <laughs> Tyler, who do you have? Anybody else to throw out at uh, tight end? Uh, I'm probably just going to go in the lineup generator, do 40% George Kittle, 25% Travis Kelsey, 20% Darren Waller, 15% Hunter Henry, and then a little bit of Mark Andrews. So there will be some double tight end lineups, but – that's going to be where I'm going. I'm going to be fading John Smith. I'm going to fade Ebron, fade Jimmy Graham, fade Irv Smith, and all those guys that are going to get you three for 30. And I'm going to play the guys that are going to get 100 yards and have a chance at multiple touchdowns. And I'm going to win five bucks from you when Jimmy Graham goes for three for 30 and two. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to make sure that you sing some Mambo number five when you're getting a little bit of Mark Andrews in your line. <laughs> 
Over to Flex, Jared, what's your favorite way to go? Uh, I mean, we've mentioned all the guys I have here. I think Miles Gaskins is the best, like, cheap running back play. Um, Tyler Boyd, as Tyler mentioned, is a nice value. And then Brandon Ayuk is, you know, the, the cheap wide receiver. Tyler, what do you like for Flex? Yeah, I'm looking at double tight end. I like a lot of those stud guys. And then I think the running back values on FanDuel are a little bit better on DraftKings just from a price standpoint. So there will be a lot of three running backs and then double tight end lineups. I'm not crazy about wide receiver this week. So in game stacks, I'll look to use a couple of the the Seahawks and Niners guys because I think that game's going to shoot out. And um, I know it's a slower-paced game, but I feel pretty good about both offenses putting up a lot of points. Seattle defense has just been getting ripped by everyone. They let Cam Newton throw for 397 yards, so Jimmy G should have no problems having a big game. Yeah, at the time it was like, look, Cam Newton's back. Now it's like, oh, my God, look what they let Cam Newton do. (laughs) I agree with this being a week to consider that second tight end in there. It's nice to get back to that. I find it comforting. I think one guy that was mentioned a little bit earlier was Jonathan Taylor, uh, 7,300 against the Lions. He'll be in consideration for me here. Three multi-touchdown games already for running backs against the Lions, including Todd Gurley with two touchdowns last time out. So that's that's a signal. On defense, uh, Jared, what are you favoring? The Chargers are my favorite play at 4300 bucks. You know, Drew Locke's thrown two interceptions in two straight games now. The Broncos somehow keep getting more banged up on offense. Tim Patrick might miss this game. No offense, not at 100%. So I like the Chargers if you can get there. And the more I think about it, the more I like the Saints this week. Um, you know, it's the Bears, it's Nick Foles. They're not going to have Allen Robinson. Um, the Saints are just 3600 bucks on FanDuel. Tyler, what do you like? Yeah, I think the Chargers are the most mispriced defense. They're sitting atop the Draft Sharks model in points per dollar as well. They're priced as the uh, defense number two on DraftKings compared to like the defense seven or eight on FanDuel. So I think they make a lot of sense. And Denver's given up the most uh, fantasy production to opposing defenses. So the Chargers are kind of checking all the boxes there. The Saints are standing out as well at 3600 but I think I'm going to get the Chargers specifically for cash games. I have both of those down, Saints and Chargers, and I agree. I think it's more possible to get the Chiefs in over here at 5000 Probably not in that same lineup if I'm putting the two 9K running backs in, but if I'm not doing that, I think it's more possible to get that extra 700 from the Chargers up to the Chiefs and get that matchup with the Jets, which can be a shutout with multiple turnovers any given week. Before we head out of here, and I forgot to mention it on the DraftKings podcast, Tyler, why don't you give us some betting tips for this week? I like a lot of bets this week. I'm doing a bunch of teasers, but I think my favorite two bets here are the Ravens going up against the Steelers. I know they're fared by four to four and a half. It keeps on going back and forth. Uh, I don't feel, I mean, I like the spread, but I think I'd rather prefer the money line, minus 200. Coming off the bye, Harbaugh has the best winning percentage. So, and the Steelers are just overvalued because they're undefeated. So we're going to go Baltimore money line for my first pick. I like the Browns minus two and a half against the Raiders. I think both offenses are going to move the ball pretty well, but I think the Browns are going to generate a little bit more of a pass rush, maybe get a couple sacks and then go down and score, which will be the difference. And then my favorite bet of the week is a six and a half point teaser with Seattle and Green Bay. So basically Green Bay just has to win straight up and then you get Seattle plus three and a half. Um, Russell Wilson off, off a loss has the highest winning percentage among all active NFL quarterbacks. And honestly, they never should have lost that game to Arizona. So I think they're, they're going to be out for blood this week and they're going to bounce back in a big way. Jared, you already placed a bet on the, that Seahawks game, right? 
Yeah, I, bet. I made a real life bet with you know real dollars on the Seahawks. I uh, felt better about it after reading that note that Tyler put in one of his articles about Ross having the best uh, winning percentage off a loss. I, I just think too, um, San Francisco's running games just you know Seattle's run defense is good to begin with, and uh, you know the Niners are dealing with all these running back injuries. So I mean I think Garoppolo's going to have a nice game, obviously, but yeah, you know, I don't think he, he's going to go in there and win that game versus Russell Wilson in Seattle. So I, I like that Seahawks bet. The other the other uh, bet I like is the under in the um, Lions-Colts game. I just, I just, you know, I don't trust the Colts offense to put up big numbers against anyone, and I don't trust the Lions offense to, you know, do much against what, what I think is, you know, a top five defense in the Colts. I'm glad that you still feel confident enough to make picks after losing the Rams-Bears bet to me on Monday night. Um, what do you guys, who would you guys pick in Eagles over the Cowboys by 11 points? I, I, I can't get myself to actually pick um, that one. 11 points though. Do you, will you give Philly 11 points against this Dallas team? <sighs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Dallas plus 11. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so I was looking at that spread for a while and it was sitting at eight points or seven yeah. and a half. And I was going to tease the Eagles down to one and a half, but now with, uh, Andy Dalton, considered doubtful that's what moved the line another couple points and now it's just unbettable in my opinion if i had to bet it i would have to go to dallas plus 11 i mean i just can't pick the eagle to beat a team by 12 points right now homophobe well it's also going to be the ben denucci breakout party am i am i play a showdown lineup just to get some some ben denucci if you do put ben denucci in your captain yeah. spot and you can say thank you to me the next day it'll be fun if nothing else for at least like a quarter <laughs> right then you could definitely go to bed <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week eight FanDuel podcast head over to draftsharks.com now get some cash game recommendations from kevin get tournament picks from tyler he will also give you his favorite stacking options for the week check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the ds projections fan share ownership projections and imported player salaries and then come saturday morning we will show you who we're playing against each other in round eight of the shark duel you can also find us on twitter we are at draft sharks jared is at smola ds Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I, and I am at ShoutDS, that's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for swimming with us.